Oh, guys, we are back at you once again. Them boys, Alex Perlman and Satoyo. We are back with another episode. Thank you so much for listening. You guys know the drill. Like, comment, subscribe, five stars. Ask us about what you want to hear about in this podcast. Today's podcast was really, really great. It's really, really illuminating. We talked about some of the elements of the past that are influencing us now and some of the really influential and caring people that we came up with. We also get in a little bit of political stuff. It's a really, really fun episode. I hope you guys listen listen to everything that we say and then you 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 check out the things we ask you to check out because I do believe that this episode is a doozy it is actually one of my favorites we appreciate you guys so much remember find us on twitter at them boys pod them boys thank you Pearly pearls. Oh my God. We back again, Pearlman. <laughs> yeah, we are, man. We, we yes, keep we doing are. this. Yes. We keep doing this thing. Yeah, we do. And you know what? And I am grateful that we are still at it once again, guys, them boys, Alex Pearlman, Satoyo back up in your ear, dropping that hot, hot, hot fire, spicy caliente, huh? A little bit of that heat on you. Some of you guys are wondering, Satoyo, why are you so amped up? Because I accidentally took a whole five-hour energy and it just kicked in now. So, ah, okay. We're Dude, coming at you live and direct. It's it, 7 well, p.m. When did you take the five-hour energy? First of all, I was feeling a little drowsy. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. I was feeling a little, because I, I worked, put it a day. It was leg day at the gym. Okay. You know, I got, I go, leg day ladies, keeping the butt nice. You know how your boy does. You know, so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I was doing that. We was keeping the whole thing good. I ate, had a nice meal, had some rice, had some chicken. And then all this, I just got hit with some tired. So I was like, you know what? I don't have time to take a nap. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take half a five-hour energy. And I had Law & Order on the TV. And my man Jack McCoy was giving him hell. And I was oh, I like this monologue. Because to me, Law & Order is my favorite show because it's like sci-fi. It's like what if cops and the law was good somewhat. So I was watching him give the power monologue. And I, just, I, just took, I wasn't even thinking. I just took the whole damn thing. And now I'm sitting here, you know, say your boy like Sonic the Hedgehog, my nigga. We out here. My hair is cooler than his, though. Don't be mistaken. Okay. That's all yeah. good, man. That that's yes. So we out here. You know, I have I had the reverse. I, I worked the whole day. I didn't do okay. legs. I uh okay. I smoked a bunch of cigarettes. That's and then uh I came home. I ate some fried rice. Wifey okay. made some ham rice with ham, okay. peas, rice, okay. fried it up, put an egg on it. Um okay. which I like too, because because she uses ham. So like I, you know, you can get pork fried rice. From anywhere, right? But from anywhere. we don't call it that. It's, this is just ham rice, dude. Yeah. This is just ham rice. This is this yeah. is the most colonized rice you've ever seen. And uh, ate some of that. And then you know what's funny is is like when if I don't have a Zoom thing or I don't have you know like either recording a podcast or extra work to do, uh, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to bed early. And then I stay up till one. But the second yep. I got a thing, the second I got a thing, I walk in the door at five thirty. I'm like, I should just cancel and take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> and if I cancel, you know what happens? Right. Don't nap. Don't nap. Yep. If, yep. It feels dull. Yeah. Right. You never don't nap. You never do. It, you ever had this happen where you decide like you didn't get any sleep, so you're gonna call out of work, so you stay up until like five thirty, six a.m. You text your boss, not coming in. Yep. And then you can't yep. fall back asleep. It's the nope. same shit. It's yeah. like how come? How come? Why come? I can't just uh, yeah. sleep. 
It's your mind playing tricks on you, man. It's your mind playing tricks. Also, we need to, guys, for all the listeners, please, I want you guys, when you guys comment and into this, thank Alex Perlman's wife. Thank Alex Perlman's wife. Her name is Victoria. Thank Victoria because she keeps Alex good and fed. There was a time that Alex was not always eating like this. Ooh. He wasn't always eating these healthy meals. And I can say when I went over there, yo, Victoria throws it down for a white Huh? She she goes in and she throws it down real nice. She got Puerto Rican members of her family, so that makes sense there. And she throws it down real nice, so it's good to hear Pearlman actively eating. Because there was times where this guy would just do fresh, like French absinthe, and then go out and do comedy all night. Like, yeah, that's all that was did. that was a messy time, man. My hairline was thicker. Uh, my debt was Yo, smaller. The debt was much smaller. <laughs> my you car was much shittier. Uh, yeah, you were yelling a lot more. Yeah, like, I was. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely talking. I was definitely talking to a lot of people who had undiagnosed mental disorders. Yep. Uh, just <laughs> hanging out in front of clubs with people. I'm like, ah, you know, there's something a little off about this dude. Later, you find a paranoid schizophrenic. Yep. Yep, paranoid that, schizophrenic. Very paranoid. But funny thing is, paranoid schizophrenic, exceptionally talented performer, right? Amazing. <laughs> like, like, literally amazing. amazing performer, severe mental disorders that need to be uh, documented. And I would say and his name. I would say his name, but I don't want him looking up where no. I live. No, nah, you don't want him finding pets. this. Yeah, um, you don't want him finding this. <laughs> I will say one of the absolute, one of the absolute best I've ever seen, though. Me too. I mean, just never saw never saw a dude murder. Yeah. Well, like, you know, metaphorically murder a crowd. Yeah, yeah. we don't know. We don't know what he did behind, but you know what I'm saying? After Ooh. the mic, <laughs> after the Ooh. show, might have he also might have been murdering there too, but not to implicate people on their crimes. You no. know what I'm saying? But honestly, honestly, I know it's not on the topics, but this did kind of jump in my mind. Since we cut, stopped doing the last pod and we yeah. brought it back, we did actually lose two great comics. I do want to mention. Yes. Um, two amazing comics. Two amazing yeah. comics whose funeral I had to go to and, and you went to in the last year. Um, yep. uh, one is uh, Chris Cotton. Yep. Who uh, was just an amazing dude. Uh, yeah. One of the founders of honestly, the Philadelphia independent pennant scene. Um, just like was actually starting to really make it uh, yep. and just really, really killing it and smart as a fucking whip and i've never seen have such control over an audience as this dude he, yeah. some of his stuff is still up online you can still find it um you know youtube him uh go look him up he was incredible and uh yep. the other comic we lost was michael brooks yep. who one of the again he was uh first time i actually met michael i fucking hated him but um because we were in Philly's Why, funniest together he was because he was nice no. and good no, no no we were in Philly's funniest together and he okay. he said he said like a hack line i was using like hey yeah. stop laughing i only got five minutes and i was right. like i know you saw me do that a week ago <laughs> and i was like my fucking i've just kind of had up my own ass type of stuff right but then like slowly started to get to know the guy and was just an amazing great person funny as hell family yep. man um and uh he had a, he recorded an album i think you can yep. i think it might still is it on spotify it's, it's on spotify it's called watch this yeah uh, i would honestly if you just want to hear like good stand up and remember from, what it's like from, to hear a crowd of people laughing and just yeah. feeling good it's um, such a it's such a good album to listen to and michael's energy is so contagious the jokes are really funny his energy is like honestly and michael was another one Michael could go into any room and if the room was, let's say the room had been bad all night or it was one of those shows where the audience just wasn't 
with it. And, and you'd be like, man, this night is brutal. And Michael would go up there and slaughter. And you'd be like, oh, no, the problem is us, actually. The problem yeah, yeah. is totally us. Dude. And then he'd get off stage and he'd be like, hey, man, good to see you. Good to see you. Good to you. Yeah, and then like, leave immediately because they had to drive back to Delco for his kid. But yeah. yeah. And Cotton, though, Cotton was the same way. I remember yep. I went to a show and um, nobody had like nobody had control of the audience. Nothing. Nope. There was a dude yeah. threatening people in the front row. And Cotton yep. just got him. He looked at the yep. dude. It was just like, bruh. Bro, why are you trying to be scary at a comedy show? This right. He goes, you think I'm afraid of me? Afraid of you? I got a Batman yeah. shirt on. Right. I got a yeah. Batman right. shirt on. What do you yeah. think is going to happen? He's like, I'm going to leave. <laughs> That's what was going to happen. Yeah. And yeah. I, oh, he just would get such control of the room. And he was so great at, um, he would be at Helium. He'd bring people to Raven Lounge. He'd bring people to other places. Uh, he was just really good at, he was also really, really good at promoting other people. Yes. I mean, one of the first, one of my first early bookings, uh, Cotton got, he was hanging out at a room and they had a, uh, a synagogue benefit show and he got me and Alex Grubard booked on it. Uh, he got us nice. booked to the club so we could perform and get paid as a tryout yeah. to do the synagogue yeah. show. And I was like, yo, what made you think of me? And he, he said, the booker looked at me and said, I need Jews. And you yep. two were next to each other in my phone under yep. Alex. And yeah. I was like, you got to be <laughs> fucking kidding me. Uh, and, he, he would, and he would give it to you straight. And he meant no harm. Oh, yeah, no, he was he like, was he was like, like, I was just, he, he said Jews. And, and you and Alex Grubard are right there. He goes, Alex Perlman, Alex Grubard, done. And yeah. I was like, I mean, I killed was, it. Dude, it's it just an amazing dude, and um, and I miss him a lot. Another one who who passed a, a, a many years ago now actually is uh, Tim Ramis. Tim Ramis also. The only thing I could think of recently is um, all of them. I mean, Tim Tim passed even before Trump was elected, but right. Um, in all three cases, I, I'm almost thankful that they didn't have to be to have to see where we're at right. now. Right. As a world, as a culture, as a country, everything we're going through with COVID and yeah. all of the, the hardship. Um, I mean, I remember Chris talking to me a bunch of times about police brutality, um, mm -hmm. how he was treated by the police. Um, it's just he had Michael tell me that stuff, too. Um, and it, it's just it, it's brutal, man. I miss him a lot. And I just. Yeah, to, it's. It's an yeah. interesting thing that and you're absolutely right for for even bringing up their names because their names should actually they should continue to go on because I think for a lot of people what they fail to understand is I think Cotton Brooks and Ramis really stood up as a prime example of being exceptionally talented while also being exceptionally decent which in the world of stand up comedy is for a lot of people for whatever reason so difficult to do um, they can't be they can't be both. They're either one or the other. And these three really helped show a lot of other performers that, hey, man, there's nothing wrong with being a decent person and an absolute beast on stage. And um, I think especially for me, when I first moved out east, you know, especially seeing Chris and, and, and Brooks, you know, Chris was always very fair, always very nice. I remember the first show that we ever did together, he came up to me because he had never seen me like really do comedy before 145 in the morning for like a year straight. And the first show we ever did together, I crushed. And he was like, oh, you're funny. That's really good to know, <laughs> you know, and, and, the, and the Chris Cotton tone. But and then it's like, but he they all 
again, they had the mentalities of hard work, the mentality of trying to be uh, honest as a performer and, and be honest to those around them and be decent to those around them. So I do hope that any performers listening, I know that we're in a very, very crazy time, understand this. You can be a killer. You can be an absolute killer. Uh, but also, I think trying to be a decent person is actually much harder than trying to be a good stand-up. Um, being a good stand-up takes a lot of work, takes a lot of time. From what I've noticed from doing comedy for 11 years, it takes a whole lot more work to actually be a decent person. And if you knew any of these three gentlemen, you would know that uh, it's amazing to me that as great as they were as performers, they were even better people. And uh, I think that is, I think that should be a standard. Uh, also, please remember, like Michael Brooks's album, watch this. Tim Ramis does have some footage up on YouTube. Some of Chris Cotton stuff uh, was also up on YouTube. I think if you go to Comedy Central site, you can still find his bio there because uh, he was doing work with them. He's working with them, employed through them. Um, also, I believe um, Chris Cotton's wife, Erica Cotton, she has a, a fashion lineup where you can purchase a lot of stuff. You can find her on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, uh, those were those were three it's a shame because on the one hand, like you said, Alex, it's like, it's, it's good that they didn't get to see it at the same time. Damn. I wish y'all were here for the sake of your families. Mm -hmm. Uh, you were exceptionally great men. You helped me become uh, a a better performer while still maintaining my humanity. So also I know all three of them would have had great jokes about this entire situation. I mean, that's the part, that's the part that I'm real like selfish about is, is especially cotton. Cotton? Oh God, God. Dude, with that. God damn, bro. God that laugh, damn, You would have done that laugh and be like, I got to get tested. Because yes. that's Yo, a COVID laugh yeah. right there. He's like, I got the, yeah, he's like, I got the COVID laugh. Cotton, so for those of you who don't know, those of you who do, hopefully it makes you smile. Cotton had this insane ability to me, and he actually he, he helped me convince me to do it just through watching him do it, not telling me to do it. He would go up there with an idea and see how long he could stretch it. Ooh. But he would, oh, but you know, like, and so, and it helped me out, but I always did it in a much shorter time frame. So I would go up with an idea and Cod I would, would always do it for five. Cod would, would do take it. the he whole would five. Have, they'd be like, Cod, you got five. He would do seven, five of them seven, with that yeah. idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I kept myself, I would go with a new idea and I would be like, you have 30 seconds to make each point hit at most. Like, see if you can hold them for 15 to 30, 15 to 30. Cotton said, I'm going to do it for the whole seven minutes of this five minute set. And when I get a laugh that I like, then I shall get off this stage. Yeah. But it was, but, but, but you, but it was good because you could see the art of someone going on stage and their brain constantly thinking premise, set a punchline, premise, set a punchline, premise, set a punchline writing on stage. So like, I know he would have some great stuff about it. I know Brooks would have some incredibly, like, really, really amazing, like, well-written and well-performed jokes because Brooks had, like, amazing facials, uh, facial expressions and everything. And Ramis would have not only dope jokes, but he'd probably throw in a dope song, you know? Yeah. So shout well, to those. It, it, it's, so it's, it's, it's good to, to talk about them I, and hear their names. I, I, got, I got two quick stories. One uh, about Brooksy. So mm-hmm. Brooks got passed at Heal In before I did. So he was working as a host. And Burn that nigga Perlman's ass, boy. I, dude, I was, I was, I know I was so pissed. Dude, I, I was, I mean, that's the part, honestly, the part that sucks the most is, is there was a little while there where I was just like, yo, fuck this dude. And then he did nothing but crush me with kindness and made me realize I was the psychopath. Yep. Yeah. Which honestly, amazing. That's just like how amazing yeah. he is. But yep. the, um, the funny, so we were, I'm hosting the open mic on a Tuesday night, right? Mm-hmm. And for those of you guys who don't know or have never hosted an open mic, you just try to keep the, you warm up the crowd at the opening. 
and then just keep it moving, keep it moving. If somebody bombs, yeah. try to bring the room back up, keep that energy going, bring up the next guy. And you have two options too, when you're running at a club, because clubs have a green room. So yep. you could do one of two things. You can just run the list, which is just you're on next, or you can try to run the green room. Now, yep. I'm a control freak. I'm going to run the green room. If I got too many people in the green room, I'm kicking some of you guys out. I'm not having the manager come back and tell me people are being too loud. I'm not having other comics tell me they can hear people from the green room while I try and do their set, all this shit. So anyway, this guy gets up on stage and I think his name was like Da Vinci or something. He was okay. a lunatic, just a mm-hmm. crazy middle-aged white dude. Yeah. I don't even remember what the set was about, but he was a fucking psycho. There's no way around it. I mean, he went long. They cut the mic and the light on him. I had to run out and actually kind of like yeah, that was the fucker who kept stage. yeah. He kept going like he they kept cut going. the mic he, and the light, and he was just yeah, he thought he, just he thought going. there was an issue with the venue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, I guess we lost power. I was like, I was like, no, it's your time. Come on, guys. <laughs> so I get him off stage, and I and I and I, I introduce the next person, and Brooks is back there, and there's a couple other comics. Uh, a couple who've already been on stage, a couple who are about to go on stage. There's probably like six of us back in this small room. And Da Vinci is walking up to each person, be like, how'd yeah. I do? But, and trying to hug people. And he gets yeah. to me to try to give me a hug. And I'm like, yeah, man, I, I don't hug. Also, man, there's a rule here where second you get off stage, you can't be in the green room, man. It's fire code. Yeah. And he was like, oh, right. thank you so much for looking out for me. And I don't want to get in trouble. I'm like, yeah, you're not in trouble, <laughs> man. Just go ahead and get out of here. So he turns and leaves. And Brooks, Brooks looks at me and he goes, man. That took some balls on you. I was like, yeah. And he's like, you know, when I host, I always make sure. And he opened up his bag, reached in, pulled out a gun. He goes, I always make sure I got one of these and shoved <laughs> it back in his bag. And I jumped out of my scout. I was yeah. like, Brooks, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, also, I'll never get, dude, but the smile on his face as he pulled yep. a gun in the green yep. room. And I can and say it now because he's, he's not going to get booked to healing. Uh, <laughs> he's not getting booked again. Sweet, but honestly, knowing he Brooks, have, though. <clears throat> sweetest guy, also God fearing, God fearing Christian. Whew. So, hit, so that Good story yeah. actually tracks. Yeah, <laughs> that, that tracks. Yeah, and and uh, you know, actually, um, let, let's talk. Of, you went to their, you and I were at their funeral, right? You're at Brooks' yes. funeral. Yeah, I was at Brooks's funeral. So, I, I don't want to go in because Brooks was part of a very evangelical church. Yes, and there was a push. Um, to get more people to join the church, yep. which is fine. And that's, that's what he believed. But there was two parts that got me from the priest, well, the preacher's sermon. I don't think they have a priest there. I'm pretty sure he's a preacher. And mm-hmm. he started going, he's like, you know, your friend, Michael, would have, you know, was, was your friend, but he was also a friend of Jesus. Yeah, he'd want you to be Jesus's friend, too. And he'd want you to find Jesus. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, 3 a.m. Mike was asking me where Delilah's was. Yeah, Mike would yell, Mike, 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 Mike go. Was, if Mike had the night off, if Mike had tomorrow off, he wanted to go. He was like, we out. We're yeah. out. We out. We doing it. We're no, Mike out. Was, and I was. I'll let, let, the the, let the preacher put the sheen on. You, you yep. do that for people when they pass. Put the sheen on all you want. Yep. Put on that sheen. That shit's fine. Second thing, uh, that same funeral. I was sitting next to you, and yep. we're in a row, and the guy starts going on about Jesus and about how there was basically hall monitors around to talk to you if you needed Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And I remember looking to my left and looking to my right, and I'm in a row with just like, 
it was just like two Muslims, a couple Hindus, yep. five atheists, three Jews, and then a like French a couple women. La- there was a, a French, French woman, a French woman, and a couple lapsed Catholics. And I'm like, right, yeah, get away from our fucking row, man. Right, we're not the row, bro. Row. <laughs> yeah, we're not the row. And they were looking at our row like this row's Peter. And I'm like, nah, man. <laughs> yeah. I was, yo, yeah. that's the thing. I dry I ain't even here's the thing. I had to let them know because I remember I didn't even wear a suit to that one. I, I remember yeah. not wearing a suit. You were wearing like, like a long cardigan a, John. Yeah. I, I think I, I wore like, like a polo or something. I was like, I'm I'm not going hard, but I'm I'll I'll be respectful. Yeah. I think I had a buttoned out or something like that. But it was yeah. I mean, that with Brooks's funeral. The the part that made my my heart swell was how many people from comedy were there. You yep. know, I mean, from all I mean, you look at when when you look at a comic, you'll see groupings of who they're with, like what yeah. what mics they go to, who they know, yep. all those different things. You'll see groupings of them. I saw people uh, from South Jersey all the yeah. way down to Baltimore, all the way yep. up to New York. I mean. If people had time from Pittsburgh, they would have come out. Um, mm-hmm. Probably Ohio as well. I mean, he yeah. just if people wanted to. Oh no, be the Ohio, there. yeah, the Ohio homies were like blowing up my phone. They're like Brooks, yeah, like, and I'm like, yeah, man, he, yeah. and they were. There was like there they were upset about the whole situation, like because it was I had like homies on the road who were like, yo, I can't even make like send my condolences because it was that like he was one of those individuals where he was just so good of a, of a man in this really, really hard, difficult, often crummy industry. Uh, like the, that, the, the mere act that he couldn't be around no more. It was like, that is actually robbery. Like not only robbery to his family, most importantly, but robbery to comedy because he had so much more left to do. And, mm-hmm. and so many eyes should have had the privilege to really see this man and become fans of his, but to the, the, the industry of comedy as a whole, because it's like, yeah, you need good people like that within this, not yeah. only to encourage newer people or veterans to like, okay, oh, this is this. Cause sometimes all you need is like a good week with a, with a decent, funny person. And it'll make you feel like, okay, this shit is actually really worth it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so losing not even him, just funny, fun. Yeah, just, just someone fun. who I just fun. knew, like, dude, yep. we, we chose to do this for fun. And he's yes. like, I have a hard job. I'm helping kids get yep. into college. I'm helping yep. them get financial aid. He was yep. working to better the world around him. Um, you know, and to me, actually, the hardest part of his funeral was, we. I mean, th- this funeral was huge. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you who are listening who remember, just think of how big that room. They had to open up more yeah. space to let everybody in that it was easily four to 500 people or more, maybe even closer mm-hmm. to six um, mm-hmm. in this giant auditorium. And on the auditorium, they had these giant red curtains. And the only mm-hmm. thing I could think of in that moment was thinking how fucking, if those curtains could part and he could just do 12, yeah. you know yep. what I mean? Cause yep. like he recorded that album we talked about, he recorded at the grape room, which is a small intimate venue I think there was like 35 people um, yeah. at that space. And you know, when he was doing his comedy, that's who he could get. He could get a small room, he get 35 people. Yeah. But his yeah. life, yeah. the way he acted as a human being and, and the connections he made, he was able to fill a room of 600. Yeah. From all walks of life. Yeah. And that, I mean, 
there's some of you out there with comics, there's some of you just just regular workers, like and just have what you think is a regular job. Just think about that. How many people you're touching every single day and and leaving an impression enough for them to come out on a Thursday night. Yeah. You know, to remember you. And, and it's then, such a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing in that when you can have a room, like literally we in in that in uh, that at that at that's at that funeral service, it was wild to me because there were all these elements of Michael's life. Mm-hmm. that didn't really know each other at all but the at all but the unifying thing was mike so because of mike it's like all of a sudden there was this whole okay we are all suffering together we all miss him terribly and he impacted like so even though we're in this very very evangelical church and everything you feel close with everyone because everyone is and of course like they've got this fantastic video montage going you know, on the screen is just showing Michael throughout his life. And at every point you can, you can feel parts of this audience, parts of the, of the inside of this church. And you can hear people react on one side when they see a picture of him at one stage of his life. And then another side. And then when it's us, like us comics, we would see a picture of him or like one time Kevin Hart liked a tweet of his. Yeah, yeah everybody comment, cheered. Yeah, everybody everyone cheered. cheered because like Kevin Hart was in at Wells Fargo and Mike Brooks like asked, yo, can I get time on that? <laughs> and like Kevin Hart liked it because it was so Brooks. And like yeah. everyone, it was like this whole, it was one of these weird things. Like while this was such a painful, heart-wrenching moment, it was also so powerful because this man was able to bring all of these elements together to mourn him, but also celebrate him because the, 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 it was a tragedy that he was not going to be. It, it still is a tragedy that he's not here at the same time. It was like, God damn, what a, what a man, you know, yeah. like what, what a human being. And, and, then, and then, yeah. then you see all, you see everyone connected in this way. It's like, Oh, he got you too. You fell in love with him just like I did. Yeah. And it was the same thing. You know, Brooks's funeral was in Delaware County, actually near where I grew up. Um, yeah in a large mega church and then chris cotton's funeral was in south philly and yes, i think yes. you were you were in ohio during that time, i was right? i was back i was back you, home it, i was um was it in january yeah. or was it november i think it was in november i think i was working okay i think i, I think i was in indy working helium okay yeah because i went to i went to cotton's funeral and First thing. No, no, it was, I'm sorry. It was in the, it was during the holidays. Okay. Cause, yeah, cause yeah, Cotton, yeah. Cotton, we're coming up on the year anniversary of Cotton's passing. So this was during the holidays. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I couldn't remember the exact, I just remember it being so bitterly cold. Cause I was, I, yeah. every now and then would go outside. The, the, the big difference between us. So one was in Delco at a, at a mixed church. Um, Brooks's church was very mixed, black, white, mm-hmm. uh, different families uh, from all different walks of light life uh cotton's is just a very black southern church south south philly church and let's fucking go and cotton used to do the christian comedy circuit as well and his dad's a pastor and that's where cotton actually got a lot of his energy and a lot of his stage present and knowing how to cover that cotton could be simultaneously in the same night he could do a 7 p.m church show crush him clean go do an hour clean and then yep. come do a 10 PM late show mm-hmm. and make you, you hear shit that you would need to go to church on Sunday to clean out of your yep. soul. That Fun fact, so, 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 
So could Brooks. Brooks so also did Brooks. Christian. Yeah. So so could Brooks. They both did the Christian comedy one, but but Cotton would dig in. on this one. Cotton, Brooks. Cotton would dig in heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the, the big thing, um, the big difference was I was confused over the time because with Brooks's thing, it was like the service is at seven. So I was like, I want to yeah. be there at 630 to get in. Yeah. Cotton's was from like, like 10 30 till mm-hmm. i think 7 p.m i was like what the fuck is going on so i was like i don't know what that means so i'm gonna go at 12 i guess i didn't uh, know what yeah i didn't know what to do with this information so yeah. i i was living out here so i drove into the city and i'm like wait this isn't a church this is this is actually an old theater and what they did is a theater slash ballroom on snyder avenue they converted the church it actually bought and converted it into a multi-purpose space so they right. could do you could do services in their weddings parties whatever you wanted to do it was a it's a venue the church could both use facilitate and rent out and a lot of uh, other places would call it like compare it to a parish hall but it's really a multi-purpose space so i show up and i'm seeing comics outside you know out out front who i recognize um you know, a bunch of different people, a bunch of people from the old center city comedy days. And then I go inside. I'm like, all right, there's all these tables. And I'm like, tables what's going on. Yeah. And I'm like, and I like, I realize they're calling the buffet line and I'm like buffet yeah. line. And then I proceed to like, finally like find a table and then get in the line that takes like two hours to clear out because yeah. it's so much Mac and cheese and wings yeah. and just comfort food. And everybody's talking and you know, I saw a bunch, a bunch of people from Raven Lounge, all this shit, and I missed all of the religious side of it. But they did, like, they played some clips. They had TV monitors. They played some clips for, from Cotton, and everybody was dying laughing. And then H. Foley, they had host uh, 10 comics yeah. to get up and talk about Cotton and do jokes and those things. And it was, it was, it was really amazing. And then they said, and we want to open it up to any other comics who want to come up and say anything. And I was like, I got to fucking go right now. I'm leaving right there. Yeah, like, that's, I'm not that's fucking, not, that's not I listen, good. dude, listen, Cotton, you dragged me through too many fucking open mics to have yeah. one at your goddamn funeral. Right. You fucking know better, Cotton. This yep. is your revenge because yep. I wouldn't give you a ride to New York that one time. Yep. Fuck you. Yep. Not happening. I'm fucking out of like, here. And that was, that, that was, that was, that wasn't, that wasn't even, that wasn't even Cotton's revenge. Dude, I looked over at the line and I was like, dude, Cotton wouldn't let these people on stage. Yep. I don't care if they're now they're crying and you want them to go up yeah. and do five. There's no yeah. lights. You can't light anyone at a fu- you can't light somebody at a funeral. How are you gonna cut yeah. the lights on it? You can't cut the mic, dude. It's a funeral. Yeah. What are you yeah. doing? No, I think it's appropriate because it's very much in the in the vein of cotton and the very much in the center city vein. Everyone gets up, <laughs> you know, like it was that everyone gets Ooh. up mentality. Dude, this was that, the like, fourth half. This was the yeah. fourth half. Yeah, you you gotta have that. You gotta have again. They like, created the they created the third half at Raven, which mathematically don't even make no type sense. Mm-hmm. So it only made sense that that I remember hearing about that, and then I remember hearing the owner of Raven going up and just running the light. They had to light the owner at, of Raven Lounge because he had so many stories about yeah, cotton. He, he did cotton for like 12, 15 years. I mean, like yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. Like you know, I, I've been to a lot of different types of services in my life. You know, I've been to Anglican. I've been to Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, who goes way too fucking long. 
I have never been to, I don't even know what denomination this service was. Black. It's just it black. Like, it's just it black. Yeah. Dude, I mean, black. But like, I've never, like, I have never, never seen someone say, and we're going to open it up to anyone else. I'm like, is this? Yep. Honestly, the closest thing that was is I went to a Quaker service once for a guy I knew. And that was the most, have you ever been to a Quaker service? Are you no, familiar, don't with, are you familiar don't, with Quakers? I'm familiar, but I don't be hanging around them type. What, what do you know about Quakers? Quaker Oats. That's it? Yeah, that's about it. That's it? That's all you know about Quakers? Because we're in Quaker. Well, no, we're, we're in a Quaker state. I know well, that no, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, like. This and we is, can't, like, and because, of, because of that, you guys have these bullshit uh, alcohol rules because of the Quakers. Uh, that's not because of the Quakers. But no. Okay, but the, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame them. Uh, I'll put it on fine. them. Um, yeah. but the I put reason, it on you, Quakers. So the it Quakers. Your fault. It's always been your fault. Sorry. Let me throw some knowledge at you real quick, all right? So um, the Quakers were a religious sect from like the 1600s, okay? Mm -hmm. They uh, were made illegal by the Church of England because they, okay. didn't, they didn't pledge fealty to the Church of England. And they were like, yeah, listen, if, you ain't shit, if you're not Church of England, you can fuck right off. Mm -hmm. And there was the, – the big thing with the Quakers is they didn't believe – they, you know, you can read the Bible and those things, but they didn't believe that priests had any connection to God. They believe everyone has their own individual connection to God, and they meet in meeting houses, not churches, where the pews face into the center of the room. Okay, right. everyone sits around. It's it's basically a square, but just think about sitting around in a circle, and then whoever feels the movement of God. God speaks through them to the rest of the group. And you just say whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Just whatever God moves you to say, right? Mm -hmm. So a friend of mine, his name was Daniel. He, he committed suicide. And I didn't know he was a Quaker. Um, but I, when I found that out, we went to elementary school and middle school and high school together. Uh, we, were, we were like friendly, but we weren't that close. But when I found out, I, I, I went to his funeral. and. Um, I didn't know what a Quaker funeral was like. And right. so I go into the room, I sit down and uh, somebody stands up and I just say, I'm part of the, you know, part of the meeting house. And we believe that if whatever, if God moves you to speak, stand up and speak. And then he sat down and then we sat there in dead silence for 15 minutes until somebody stood up and just started like, just talking about a memory of him. And then a few other people started talking. And the thing was, at the end of Dan's life, he was working at a hobby store that he had been working at for like 12, 15 years. Mm -hmm. And some lady who was a customer of the hobby store, this like lady, she's like mid 40s. She's like, she can say, I just feel compelled. I just wanted to just speak on behalf of the, the customers of the hobby store. I just want to say he just always knew where everything was. And he was so good and had such good customer service. And I was like, oh, I didn't say a word. Like, I was yeah. just sitting there. I was just, I was like slack-jawed. Just yeah. staring at this, like, you tone-deaf psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. A guy, he's dead. He killed himself. A human being. He, an actual human. Dude, let me, let me tell you something. Like, this dude didn't, he didn't off himself by shooting himself, hanging himself, driving his car off a bridge. This motherfucker... He got different chemicals taped. A guy went out to his yard, got a tent, 
taped the tent shut, poured the chemicals to create a poisonous gas and killed himself. Like he found, dude, he did research on Japanese web forums to find out there's Japanese forums that like people share different ways to commit suicide. That's how he died. This dude, this dude literally said, I need to go out via Japanese ritual suicide. Yeah. You're like, and this wow. bitch was like, he was good at finding glitter. Yeah. You know what? He Read knew the where room. the arts and crafts were. Read the fucking room. <laughs> it's not like he was happy-go-lucky and no. he was, you know, he was, he was reshelving puzzles one day and he fell over and he went, oh, make sure someone clears out the skew in the register. And there's oh, my words. God. He fucking, was like, he was so, he was so good at making sure the trash liner was fresh and it never <laughs> got too full. And you know what? He always had a smile on his face and he, he said, thank you for, thank you for visiting our store. I'm like, this dude was hurting on the, that smile was the fakest thing about him. That man was battling demons and one day said, I'm going to do it like the Japanese and go out. I'm like, I got to go. Yeah. I got to go. I will honor my family. I'm going to die like a samurai. Here's That's the how thing. I'm doing Here's it. the thing. I knew this guy pretty close. Wasn't good at chemistry. I'm going to throw that out there. <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there. He wasn't, yeah. great at, he wasn't great at chemistry. Yeah. And he had to overcome not being good at chemistry. Yeah. To do this. And it's just, That's- it's fucking wild to me. Like, the fact that she, on behalf, I mean, I, I, as a, I'm a, I'm a, he knew I'm a retired teacher, so, but he would still yep. give me the 10% teacher's discount. Yeah. It's just fucking That's, crazy. It's just, no, it's, it's, it's wild. And it is interesting though, like, cause I think it's interesting that we're talking about this at a time like this, you know, when, with pandemic doing what it, it's doing, yeah. cause you think about like the homies that just didn't get to sort of, that didn't get to be here. And it's like, man, you're, you know, I wish you were here. I also, I'm just like, man, I, I'm, it's a scary time to be a, around. And also I do want to reiterate again, for those of you listening, the homies that we're referring to, Tim Ramus, that's R-A-Y-M-U-S, Chris Cotton, just like it sounds, and Michael Brooks. Um, Mike Brooks' album is on Spotify called Watch This. Chris Cotton, you can look him up on YouTube. Same thing with Tim Ramis. Uh, please like look them up, look up these individuals, because I, I do think it's important that as much as we are talking about them, I think it's very important for those of you who are not initiated with these fine, fine performers that you become initiated because these were individuals like many of us, but definitely these were individuals that were diamonds in the rough that had just were becoming diamonds. And, um, and life is life is what it is. So sometimes you don't get to make it to the promised land when that was your trajectory. And uh, they leave behind a legacy of a lot of influence, positive influence. And I do believe that these are one of those, these are these types of performers that they helped make everyone around them better. Not from sitting down and talking your head off all night about what you should and shouldn't do. They would do that, but it's more about the way in which they conducted themselves on and off stage. So you can look at what they did on stage and more often than not, you'd be like, ooh, that's the good thing to do there. You know, or then you could get into conversations about comedy off stage, and the conversations were very, very simplistic in nature. You know, but then just to get to know them as a performer and to get to know them as a peer, there was no better feeling. Per, there weren't many better feelings I can say than getting off the stage after just ripping shit up and having like a cotton. Uh, Brooks, you know, Brooks would be like, Brooks would be like, baby boy. <laughs> Kyle would be like, you know, <laughs> Kyle would be like, oh, it's good shit. 
And then, and then literally Tim Raines would and give me the, but, but Kai would be like, it's good shit. And then bury your axe for 20 yeah, straight you. minutes. Yeah. He would, he would bury yeah. you and you would you love know what? it. Yeah. And he because, would because, it. yeah, he would take, you would take it. Yeah. He'd bury you for 20 minutes. Cause you did five, you did your time. You did the time yeah. that they gave you. And Cotton was like, yeah, I'm going to do the time that I'm taking. Like <laughs> I saw, I saw Cotton, I saw Cotton go to helium. And literally, oh, he's like, they're giving me five? Okay, cool. And just went up there and just did, and dared them to turn the mic off on it. And they wouldn't do it. No, because he was crushing. They, but yeah, crushing. They, other, thing, other thing about Cotton that I really love is Cotton would, would tell you in a nice yeah. way that you that stunk. You, you stunk. You stunk that Dude, bitch I up. watched him one time. He, he walked up to a guy who got off stage. Dude ate his hat. Uh-huh. Dude ate his hat. And he walked yeah. up to him. He's like, yo, let me ask you a question. What do you do? He's like, what do you yeah. mean? He's like, what do you do for a living? And the guy's like, I don't remember what the guy said, truck driver, whatever. He's like, you could have been a truck driver? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. He's like, you should stick to being a truck driver. <laughs> he's yeah. like, because here's the thing. Like, you could work real hard at this. It could take you years, yeah. but you're already good at being a truck driver. Yeah. So, so why not just lean on being a truck driver instead yeah. of doing that? I mean, you could just, you could be the world's best truck driver. Yeah. You're never going to be... I mean, I'm not, I'm, look, I'm not going to say you're never going right. to, but it's going to take a lot of work. <laughs> the odds are not in your that, favor. <laughs> dude, that <laughs> fucking laugh. I miss that fucking yeah. laugh so much, man. Yeah. I just I, miss I, it. Miss, I, I miss when, when Chris Cotton would look at you and say, you want a shot? And you'd be like, yeah. And then he'd look over at Karen. Karen, give us a shot. And then Karen would, the bartender at Raven, would proceed to make a concoction of a drink that you did not know what the fuck was in that drink. But the one thing you did know is that after you took that shot, the whole night got far more interesting because there was you and there was you after that shot. And that was like a form of camaraderie. He's like, yeah, let's get it. It didn't matter. If he knew you and he respected you as a performer and as a person, you could crush on stage. You could eat your ass off stage. He'd be like, you eat your ass on stage. You come off. He'd be like, you want to do a shot? And, and if he respected you enough and knew you enough as a good performer, he wouldn't, he'd be like, he already knew, like, you either crushed it. And he'd be like, yeah, it was good. And if you bombed, he'd be like, you want to just do a shot? Like, like just forget about this. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just want to do a shot to forget about that feeling that you're feeling. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, the, 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 the long gone homies. This was, that was nice. That was nice, Pearlman. That's a nice, that's a nice little thing you did. Huh? That was nice. That was a little nice one. What, just bringing those up? Yeah, just bringing that up. That was good. Well, you know, it's funny. It was funny because when we were earlier, we were talking about the psycho. It's the last time yeah. I saw the psycho was at Cotton's funeral. Was that? Yeah, it was at Cotton's funeral. Yeah, dressed like he, was, like he, <laughs> he had glass. He was dressed like Malcolm X. I was like, what the fuck is going on? No, <laughs> no. You knew, you knew like, everything Ooh. you needed to know Ooh. when you saw him. You knew exactly what was going on when you saw him. Dude, let me, I let also me, needed. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I yeah. was talking. I was talking. Just trying to be cordial to him. <laughs> I was like, you began, yeah. you, you still he's like, I'm out of the entertainment business now. I was like, we were never in the entertainment business. <laughs> we did stand up. We were amateur yeah. stand up comedians who got paid in yeah. drink tickets. Chill, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going through many career paths. All right, dude. No, that's, those are not paths. <laughs> those are career rest stops that you were asked to leave. Oh, man. Jesus. Yeah. That, uh, that guy, he was born in a different century. He was born in the wrong century. That guy, Ooh. that guy's a warrior. Yeah. Uh, so wait, do we go? I will, I do think that it's important because none of it's been talked about. I think we got like 15 minutes left that we can at least address the thing that we've been wanting to talk about that hasn't been addressed on the national level because you know the lame duck crybaby in chief since he's oh. lost the election since he's lost the election his bitch ass lost the election 
and he refuses to do no work as we've just now hit 250,000 confirmed deaths due to COVID. The man lost the election and he has hit it. He's, 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 he's hunkered himself down in the White House as bodies are piling up and he's doing nothing. That is your president, those of you who have voted for him. And he's done a fantastic job of muddying the waters, of wasting everyone's time, of wasting the court's time, and, and the Republican Party doing their absolute best to show their racism to get some of these votes not certified in certain counties. We have also forgotten about a very, very major incident that happened in this election, which yeah. we now have uh, the first ever female black Southeast Asian. Well, South Asian. Sure South, Southish, I'm sorry, Southish. Yeah. It's, it's really easy to say Southeast. It, as Americans, we're so used to saying Southeast. Yeah, it's not even, yeah, that doesn't even yeah. make sense. It, it's South, it's just dead center South. South. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, also, and, I, and I'm sure there's some other racial group that, I know there's some white in there because you guys fuck everything. Um, so, Jamaican? Um, yes, Jamaican, there's, yeah, that too. The first ever, like, that's the, the, the first woman vice president that we have is checking so many uh, uh, boxes, and um, and uh, uh, I don't know if these people are going to lead us to progress. I think the goal is to lead to a sense of stability that we can still be vastly disappointed in, but it is interesting, and it is a very, very, very interesting thing because there are times when this country- Well, time out, time out, time out, time out, because you haven't said her fucking names. Kamala no, no, Harris- I, I, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Can yeah. I build my nigga? Like, can dude, I, you were building for like 25 no, minutes. Building. You were no, building for, so for, damn long. Just for, fucking say her name. Really, Perlman's going to be the one telling me I was building for, for 25 goddamn minutes. Perlman, if you don't shit with the shit in your mouth, goddamn it. That's how my mama would curse. My mama curses like that. So, but no. Over here Kamala cutting Harris, a Triple H intro. First of all, way more compelling than a Triple H intro. Don't ever do that. Don't like ever. 20 minutes up top. Also, wait. No, let We're going to bring it to the H. stage. Also, no, Got to soak up H. all them minutes. We see how you Tri do this. Triple H fucking stinks. Don't ever compare me ever to him ever again in your life. I'm a talented individual. So, um, but Kamala Harris is now going to be the vice president of the United States. And there are these weird moments where the United States will stumble onto a form of social progress that they are not ready for. And I think this might be one of those times, not necessarily in terms of the legislations that meet that she may uh, support, but in terms of the aesthetic of what she is and and the and the and the a title she will hold in the administration that she is a part of. Oh man, it's it's a wonderful sight. I don't think y'all are ready though. Yeah. So I mean, you can have mixed feelings about her politically, about her being a former AG and and everything that she did in California. But it's amazing to me that a, a woman of color, a black woman especially. Mm -hmm. Being made the vice president of the United States has been virtually ignored yeah. for its, its historical nature because there is a whiny, entitled, privileged, fucking white loser shithead yeah. who is just Rich. holding his breath going, no, nah! yeah. nah! and, yeah. and there is enough people in the country who are like, well, maybe he's right. Maybe, yeah. maybe she isn't. And so it's like, of course, of course you couldn't. Black women have worked so hard in this fucking country for a moment to have someone who even looks like them or even has an iota of the same uh, understanding from where they're coming from. 
and perspective. Mm-hmm. And to, to have that still, that there's some guy who inherited his daddy's company standing in the way, saying, yelling, screaming no, and that it, it's fake and this is all bullshit, it would take from that moment. Because I, like, I, I've been thinking a lot about it. This is going to be a huge sea change yeah. in this country. If you think back to, while well, she's only vice president, I still think, I mean, Joe's like 78 years old. So there's, yeah. there's a pretty good chance she might be president sometime within the next four years. Let's go ahead and right. face it. Yeah. But number two, the big thing that we've dealt with, especially a lot over the last four years, is constant attacks on the idea that racism even exists coming from the most racist people in, in, in recent history. I don't say, no, no, I didn't say in all of U.S. history, because sometimes people like no, we, to go, we know better. We'll go fucking no, crazy. We and yeah, I, we, we know I've, better. Look, I've been to enough of those statues to know there's been some people who were somehow yeah. more racist than these guys. Yeah. But I mean, Bull Connor was definitely alive uh, about 60 years ago. Whoa, yeah. that, that yeah. guy was a motherfucker. Yeah, and when I say recent history, I'm going like since 98. Yeah, so, right. Okay. <laughs> to me, it's recent history. I'm like, like I'm going 98. Yeah. 98's kind yeah. of a weird cutoff for me, but that's the yeah. one I'm going for. So <laughs> that's my new recent history. Modern right. history goes back to like the 50s, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. you have like Depression era, World War II history. And then yeah. you got you got that, that other weird, you know, post-reconstruction. All right. We still had Nixon too. We had Nixon because we had the 70s. We had Nixon, but listen, still- Nixon knew not to say had- some of that. Nixon didn't say some of that shit out loud. That's the no, difference. Well, and Reagan, but Reagan did associate, did call us welfare queens. Yeah, so, he did. you know, he black did. women. So, yeah, so we no, had it going. But, but the big thing, though, that this administration has gone out of their way of is attacking different things like critical race theory, attacking the idea, um, just the just the, the phrase Black Lives Matters. They'll claim that they're, that they're going after uh, the Black Lives Matter organization, which is such a loose organization yeah i would if anything i would say it's a federation more than anything else of different disparate groups that have come together under the under a single banner um Mm -hmm. attacking women attacking um you know the entire muslim ban everything you go down the list of this and it's all of it was being pushed forward by guys like stephen miller and by if you look at the cabinet a a nearly all white a nearly all white cabinet uh and and Ben Carson. Yep. So, you know, Ben Carson, who was just standing on the side, squinting, taking pills and buying more, buying expensive furniture for his office. But get your bag, Ben. We get it. But listen, the, the, it's important that there at least be a sea change in how we can view because what happens now, if we keep our democracy alive and figure out a way to write it so people can still ascend to positions and uh, and i mean that in a way of we don't fall deeper into the oligarchy that we've been holding and also that we do not end up actually going more to either a dictatorship or a more uh monarchical or imperial system um where we're gonna we're gonna but i'm just saying in in the near future there are going to be little girls and little boys of color between obama and and Kamala, 
who I have to keep taking a beat before I say her name because I want to mispronounce it so fucking bad because that's <laughs> every single time I want to say Kamala and it's not or Kamala. It's not, it's yeah. Kamala. Yeah. And, um, but that's, there's kids who their entire lives when they're 30, their entire lives there had been a black, black president. There's yeah. kids who their entire lives, there'd been a, you know, it's yeah. Black women can be whatever they want to be. That was the reality. There were kids born during the Obama administration that all they ever knew was a black president. And then they saw the most ill-equipped president of all times in Donald Trump. So all they know is that you either have to be utterly exceptional at your job as a person of color, and then you have to be the least qualified person ever as a white man to then hold said position. Uh, and I uh, think- Fake and, and rich. I, Don't forget, his qualification was being fake rich. rich. Yeah. Also a group- fake rich. And, yeah. 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 Rapist. Rapist yeah. is very. Yeah, I but, know but, he's not the only rapist president, but definitely total rapist. Yeah. Um, I do think it's going to be very, very important though, because I think it's going to be important for a lot of the adults. I think it's going to be very important for the white left, the white moderate, and the white conservative that believes that they are be- that their party is better than what it actually is. It's going to be very, very important for y'all because, it, you know, the, the the way that a lot of a lot of the the y'all try to diminish and say post-racial and say all of this nonsense when Obama was president, while you tried to overlook the vile, heinous lies that were spewed about this man, the origin of his birth, his family, uh, his intentions with this country, the way you guys shoved that shit to the side, the way you shoved the shit to the side that they said about him, about his wife, about his preteen daughters, you motherfuckers are in for it now because you're going to see what your people say about this black woman occupying that office. So if you thought it was bad before and you shrugged it off before, I really want to sit here and see how you're able to shrug it off now. Because as bad as Obama had it, trust me, she will have it 10 times worse. And the way they try to undermine her, the way they try to talk about her, meanwhile, she will be, in most instances, the smartest, most cagiest person in the room because she has had to be to get to that position. So I want to, I'm, I'm very interested. I'm very, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how you guys try to explain the, the reprehensible things and actions that will be committed against her and against her personhood and against her humanity while she is in office. Yeah. And the, the big thing with this, um, that, I'm surprised we haven't seen more of a celebration of, um, you know, her mom was, is an Indian. Yeah. Um, you know, even that was something that we haven't even touched on the idea of having someone of Asian descent. Yeah. You know, any part of Asia, uh, being a heartbeat away from the presidency, um, having, you know, having this, this having someone with with such an eclectic background and and Joe Biden himself, who don't forget he's actually president elect, um, yeah. has said that one thing that's important to him is having a cabinet that looks more like actual America. Now it doesn't mean following the percentages. It doesn't mean any different shit. But instead of looking out in a room full of just you know rich white people looking out in a room of people of different backgrounds, because the thing is, is the reason why representation in those rooms is so important is because they are going to be able to say, Hey, wait a second. I know you guys think, um, you know, masks are a good idea, 
but it's going to be hard to get into this culture. It's going to be right. difficult to get buy-in from this group. It's going to be, you know, getting these different things. How do we get, how, how, how are you going to convince people in Detroit that the government rolling in with army guys and needles is a good idea? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, how are you going to convince these different groups of people and, and having that uh, come forward? And I think it's, I think that, having a more diverse cabinet, having more voices at the table is going to be a very, very important thing. Uh, we can go more into the politics about, you know, why I don't think they should pick a single person from the Senate or Congress because they shouldn't lose a single yeah, one of those seats. Oh, but well, I don't want to go deeper into, into that stuff. The biggest thing on this podcast, because we speak so much about race and, and politics and those things is I want you guys to just take a second and just reflect on the historic nature of uh, uh, Kamala Harris becoming president, president, vice president. And even if you don't agree with the policies, even if you don't agree with anything else, because I was just watching The Crown and the idea of Margaret Thatcher, who was someone yeah. whose policies I loathe, who was someone who yes, was reprehensible. Was conservative. Yes, done yes, reprehensible evil, evil shit. <laughs> However, yes. the second she got the reins of power, it proved yep. to an entire generation of women, both in England and over here, yeah, that they could someday try. You know, they could they could reach for higher positions. Yeah. They didn't have to accept what was just directly in front of them. Yeah. And that same thing is going to happen for anyone because when you go and you look at a, uh, there's actually a, a lawsuit recently uh, by, uh, against a bank out out here in the suburbs, Satoya. Mm. There's it's called uh, Bryn Mawr Trust. Have you ever okay. heard of this? So Bryn Mawr no, Trust I, is in this was in the local paper. One of the things that happened is there was a woman who was trying to get into a management position and she was having difficulty uh, in her job. And she was a black woman. And they were trying to explain to her to be like, um, you know, prior presidents of the bank and all this different stuff. And Bryn Mawr Trust has been around forever. Yeah. And they pointed down a hallway of all these paintings and portraits of these presidents. And she goes, if you want to make it here, you have to be like these guys. Yeah. Now, what the person meant was you need to be hardworking and industrious and have rich parents. But what she looked down and saw was a row of 20 plus old white dudes staring back yeah. at her. She said, I can never be like them. Well, and well, that's no, the, the thing. The, you throw the combo yeah. breaker in there. Yeah. You throw the combo breaker in there, and suddenly people can see. It was the same thing with the guys running a sub six minute mile, not yeah. six minute or four minute mile. Yeah, breaking that. The second one person did it, then suddenly fifteen people did it, and you're going to see that more and more and more, and you're going to see more and more people getting involved. And I think the one, the only positive we will ever see from the Trump presidency is an activation of people who did not before believe that they should be getting involved with politics because they yeah. thought there are better people out there who will do it. And they discovered that there is no Calvary. You are your own Calvary. And yep. if you don't like what's going on, run for alderman, run for city council, run yep. for PTO, run for whatever, just yep. run for it. Also, I do want to make very clear. I'm sure that when that person pointed at Bryn Mawr Trust and they said, you need to be like these people, that person definitely did mean you need to be like an old white man. Uh, even if they were saying, no, what I meant to say was be studious and hardworking. Uh, no, that woman was probably all of those things. When this person said, like, listen, you're not an old white guy, so you don't fit the bill. We know this. We live this. When I say we, I mean people that look like myself and in people even in worse situations than myself. Look, um, you, you know I always got to play the white devil's advocate. Come on now. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. Come Keep on 
Key, 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 key phrase there, white devil. Okay. I know. <laughs> white well, devil, goddamn. Well, listen, guys, this has been a really, really great episode. Honestly, we were not originally planning on uh, talking about Mike Brooks, Chris Cotton, and Tim Ramis. Uh, I did look up. Mike uh, does have his album is also on iTunes. Um, give it a listen. And if you're a good person, put your phone on mute. Make sure you're on Wi-Fi and give it another listen. Uh, that way, just so his family can get a few cents. Um, do, what, do what I do. When you leave for work in the morning, have your computer on. Click on the Spotify download or stream the album and just let that thing repeat mm-hmm. every now just you know every now and again just let that thing repeat and just let let the brooks family get some get some you know a little little bit of coin in them you know what i'm saying because yeah. you know they had i mean brooks had just bought a house you know yeah. so it's like it's really real out here you know but yeah. um but yeah i mean please chris you know, like, as well chris cotton as well you know um guys please uh thank you so much for listening please remember to find us on Twitter at them boys. Uh, you know, we have at our them boys pod at them boys pod. Uh, follow us there. Follow Alex Perlman at Alex Perlman. Follow Satoyo at Satoyo one. All right. Please remember to like subscribe, comment five stars. And also please let us know what you want to hear us talk about because realistically we back in the house so we not going anywhere for a while so yeah. we don't need it. thanksgiving we is canceled thanksgiving and christmas for me i'm not going home Ooh, so yeah. i'm going to need to hear what you guys want to hear about and the mm. sooner you guys let us know that we can actually maybe even start doing some fucking research on things that come here with facts instead of just shit I'm pulling out of my ass. So with that being said, this has been a very honestly, Satoyo, it's been this is this was a really good episode just to remember our friends. And, I enjoyed uh, it. It was very cathartic. And I want to thank our friends out there who listened as well. You guys yes. have a great night or morning. I don't know. You can listen to this anytime. Them yeah. boys. Ah. <laughs>